Hello and welcome to this final session, session 12 in the podcast series of the Raising Leaders Training Program. We've been using the Vision Handbook throughout and this is the final chapter in the Vision Handbook. It's actually uh, chapter 11, it's session 12, but chapter 11 in the Vision Handbook. And also we have in People with a Passion, which is the textbook, uh, and this also covers much of the material as your textbook throughout the whole of this series. Now, in this final session, I want to emphasize for you the mission statement, the mission that we have adopted and felt that God has given us as a church, Kensington Temple, London City Church. What is our mission? What is our vision? We don't have to spend very long with us to understand that our, our mission statement is London and the world for Christ. For almost 30 years, this mission statement has guided us. It's guided us in our direction every day, guided us in our intentions, guided us in our focus. London and the world for Christ. Now, when we talk about a mission or a mission statement, there's lots of different approaches to, to this, but here's how I approach it. A mission statement is, is something that is the overall formal statement, written statement, that is the purpose of an organization. And that mission statement shouldn't, shouldn't change, shouldn't change in a generation or two. It's something which is the long-standing, long-range vision and therefore, it usually has to be something that, that's going to take some time <laughs> for us to move towards. And of course, London and the World for Christ is a very clear example of a good mission statement because it, it's, it's far-reaching, long-range, and it is future in its orientation. And so that mission statement guides the actions of the church. It highlights our overall goal. It gives us a sense of direction, vision, inspiration in our decision-making. It provides the framework or context in which organizational strategies are for formulated. So for us, our focus is on winning and influencing London and the world for Christ. In other words, to influence our society for Christ and to extend that influence overseas. And everything that Katie does should be understood in this context, KTLCC, over a hundred different nationalities. And so in many ways, this is, an, this is an outworking of our redemptive gift, who we are as a church, our particular identity, uh, uh, in terms of its international focus, its international multicultural, multiracial makeup. Now, a mission statement is good, but it needs to be brought a little bit down, a little bit nearer, and more specific into what we call a vision statement. Now, a vision statement is a short, formal statement of how the mission is going to be accomplished. And usually, it has a, a five-year length goal or, or something like that. It's, it's not for the next 25, 30, 40, 50 years. It's for the next five years, the next 10 years, a particular vision statement. And we established one uh, at the very beginning of our step into the cell vision as we began to explore it in the year 2000, 20 years ago to establish a radical disciple-making centre 
that extends across London through a network of churches, cells, ministries that penetrate every area of society and impact the nations. Now let me explain here. A, a radical disciple-making center. Now we are more than that. We are radical disciple-making community. Community. But when we say center, we don't just, we don't, don't, we're not talking about a literal center. We're talking about, this is our central focus. And um, this came as a result of a prophecy canon, James Wong, way back in the early 1990s, soon after I became the senior minister of Kensington Temple. And he said, you know, Colin, if, if, if you are going to fulfill God's plan and God's purpose for yourself, for this church, you're going to have to become the most effective disciple-making center in London. And we took that challenge. And so um, uh, this, this image of the future is our vision. Now, it's very, very important. In the last podcast, I spoke about Abraham seeing a vision in, uh, depicted in the heavenly uh, bodies, the, angel, the, 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 the stars and then the sand of the earth and, and, and the grains of sand, innumerable, you know, and that's how many uh, his seed will be that that's that's how many spiritual children and children he's going to have uh, and he carried that vision and as a result of what he saw and, and and prayed for us God gave him the vision held the vision before his eyes and so as a result of that it produced focus and energy and and effort and courage and faith and so when we talk about the vision we know that the vision is Christ, but cells are the heart of how we glorify him. And Eve, every, everything, our churches, our every ministry is founded on the cell principles. One of the things you have to understand to be as a cell church, nothing can compete with cells. And over the 20 years, we've had many people think the cell vision is a good idea and they run with it a bit, but soon they'll start to build their own little ideas of how this should happen and, 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 and build kind of ministries or desire to build ministries which, which, are, which are actually distractions. And there are also some who appear to be part of us, rather like just outside of where I'm broadcasting this, we're still not completely out of lockdown. There is a beautiful fruit tree which is so high, so tall, I can't get to the top, and, and uh, at least I know the birds are being fed. And you look at the birds, they're nesting or, or, or standing on, on, on the branches, and you, it's very welcome, it's lovely to hear them sing, but then you're watching something. They're not part of that tree. They're not part of the vine to change it from a tree to a vineyard. No, no, no. They're not part of that. They're pecking the fruit. They're pecking the fruit. And so what we do is to guard the flock of God, is to say to people who have some ideas about how they want to do this as opposed to the vision of the church, say, come on, put back into this. We are together. If you're part of this community, this is what God has called us to do. And to, we need everybody on board. And we don't need people who are diversifying and, and bringing more than one vision. You have a vision. Two visions is division. Division, all right? Or we don't want people who just are attracted to the fruit that we're producing and peck the fruit. And we make sure that this doesn't happen out of the discipline that are, are, of, of leadership in the church. So we stay focused. Another 
example of this is how, you know, if, if, if you see what they do each year to a little vine plant, a vine tree that produces grapes, they savagely cut it back to nothing and they prune it to the point where of, of utter painfulness and then ne next year there's even more fruit. So we prune, we focus. We, 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 we call people to the purpose. We do not allow people to peck at the fruit and take advantage of the fruit, but we want the fruit to remain and so that we can grow. Now we move on to goals. So we have uh, mission, vision, and we have a vision statement. As, as this message, I don't want to be too time-sensitive and time-related, I will, will, will mention some of the time-related goals, but just talking about the principles. And so when it comes to goals, this is a time-related, measurable, achievable faith statement. Time-related, measurable, achievable faith statement of what we're going to achieve. A good uh, vision, a good goal uh, strategy and uh, a, a, good go a good goal together with its strategies will answer the questions, what you're going to achieve, by when, how you're going to do it, with what resources and with which people, how are you going to do it. Now each year, and it's very important as you get involved in the cell vision, each year we report on the goals that we achieved last year and we set goals for the coming year. And those goals aren't just numbers plucked out of thin air, neither are there wild, wild statements. We're going to be 10 million people in the next 20 years or 20 minutes. I've heard as, as almost as ridiculous as that sometimes. But genuinely guided by the Holy Spirit, we set goals for the coming year. And all of that is about one principle of leadership. Uh, James Maxwell says leadership is influence, and so it is. But I believe leadership is also accepting responsibility. That's why we want to make every person in the church a leader. In other words, every person in the church accepting the responsibility to play their part in the life, the health, and the growth of the church. Now, this is very different. We live in London, it's very different from what the average church member thinks in our traditional church setup. It's like, well, you know, that's the pastor's job. Hmm. Really? Oh, evangelism, that's for the evangelist. Hmm? Really? Intercession, oh, that's just for the intercessors. So if you, if you don't accept pastoral responsibility, evangelistic responsibility, prayer responsibility, what responsibility do you accept? Oh, I, I, I come and pay my tithes. Well, God bless you if you pay your tithes. Keep doing that. But, but God does not just want your money. God wants you to be fruitful. Now, investing in the kingdom of God and investing finance is, is a wonderful way of releasing fruitfulness. But, but some people just say, no, 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 this is not for me. This is not for me. And usually the people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm right behind you. I pay my tithes. Actually, they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't put their money where their mouth is because they're not really committed. Now, I want to bring a revolution where, where imagine this, every member in the body of Christ says, wow, I'm here to be fruitful and to multiply. I'm here 
to reach out to others. I accept responsibility for the life of the church, the health of the church, and the growth of the church. My, I am a church builder. I, I'm here to help the church grow, and I'll do that by using the very best of my gifts, and I will not abdicate my responsibility, and I will take up and shoulder my responsibility. So, church growth. This, this session, this final session, is really about church growth. Church growth. Way back in the 1980s, the church growth move movement built a certain philosophy of ministry, which prized something called mega church. And I don't think I've ever believed in mega church. Kensington Temple is technically a church of multiple thousands, and therefore technically fits into that category. But no, our vision is not for mega church, which is a few very gifted people who are very powerful and prominent at the front and everybody else does some kind of work in the church. I'm not interested in you working in the church. I'm interested in putting the church to work in the world. Meta church is interconnectedness, cells, communities, ministries, congregations, celebrations, networks of influence in the marketplace. And so, but it's, it has to do with growth. Small, they say, is beautiful. Yes, small is beautiful and big is beautiful. And you put the two together, you've got meta-church, interconnectedness. So from your small groups, yourselves, to your congregations out there in the network, to the larger celebration gatherings that we have, and ultimately to the whole uh, convocation of calling everybody together into very, very big meetings. All these things are there for growth. So we want to grow new leaders and multiply new selves. If you're training to be a leader, decide not just to be a, a training to be a leader, but learn how to be a, a, a leader of others and a trainer of others to lead. So as somebody once said to me, what is the fruit of an apple tree? Well, be careful. Most people say apples. <laughs> no. The fruit of an apple tree is another apple tree. Not just one apple, but a tree that produces fruit, that produces trees, that produce fruit. Oh, in that way, growth by addition rapidly turns to multiplication. Starting New congregations, yep. Starting new congregations. New cell congregations, grow existing congregations out there in our LCC network, different parts of the world. Penetrating London and other cities with networks of communities of people, praying, evangelizing, sacrificing, evangelizing the nations, resourcing special ministries, to influence all areas of society, partnering with existing parachurch organizations that bring believers together in the field of medicine, health, politics, and, and uh, business, and so on. Attack, tackling the great cultural issues of the day, not as our central thrust, as if we were just a social club or a, had a social gospel or some kind of cultural organization know that the gospel produces fruit 
of changed lives and hearts that change politics, that change every area of society, influence our culture as salt and light. And that's why we reach society by engaging the giants of influence. Now we're recording this in 2020. And that's 20 years since we officially went into what we call the cell vision. Between 1985 and the year 2000, now my timeline is, is that I was part of Kensington Temple from 1972 as a member. Um, and in 1979, I came into the ministry there. There's a short spell away, but really my kind of latest time actually goes back to 1985, where I was brought back to be an associate minister. 1991, I was working under Wynne Lewis. 1991, I became senior minister. But between 1985 and the year 2000, we had planted around 150 churches together with a further 450 groups, ministries, networking together as one fellowship, one church. But we weren't satisfied. I wasn't satisfied. It great things by the year 2000. Um, but I'd always looked for some kind of uh, small group cell ministry. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't, God doesn't always cause you to invent something. And, and, and seeing what others have done is a good thing. And I saw many different examples and many different models. But when I went to Bogota in the year 2000 and saw the G12 vision operate at the Mission Charismatica Internacional, the MCI ministry uh, in Bogota under the leadership of, of um, uh, Cesar Cassianus and of course his deputy at that time was uh, um, Cesar Fajardo. And as I saw that, we realized this was the missing link for us. So we spent many, many years going to and from Bogota and many of them visiting us from that ministry. And so finally we learned how to, how to function according to the model of 12 under the official label of G12. Groups of 12 or government of 12 as it was called. And we, there was a remarkable moment in the year 2003 when we saw the multiplication that we've been talking about. I mean, in that celebration in 2003, uh, in the Royal Albert Hall, uh, we had 1,792 cells and 10,976 people in those cells. This was explosive growth. The, the, the Spanish Church Fellowship had uh, set the pace because they were speaking Spanish, understood the materials, able to move into that and we joined in. Absolutely wonderful, wonderful to see how that missing link produced so much growth and multiplication. Now, God wants to do it again. Over these last 20 years, we have grown into a fully functioning cell church, moving forward with a vision to win the lost, consolidate them as new believers, disciple them as leaders, and send them into harvest fields of the world. God has commissioned you. God has called you. Raising leaders, those who are willing to accept responsibility for the life, the health, and the growth of the Christian community God has planted them in. Well, God bless you. Do review all of these podcasts. Make sure you use the handbook and read 
people with a passion as a backup material. And God bless you. And we'll see you in the next series of, uh, of podcasts to take us further into the practical outworking of this vision. It's been nice to spend time with you. God bless you. Be fruitful and multiply. Amen and amen. 